just had a phone call. The owners had five to six horses, all showing respiratory signs after having traveled. My technician had answered the phone and the client asked for antibiotics. My technician said, with that many horses being sick, we'd like to get a look at them and see what's going on to tailor our treatments. The client grew angry, saying, I don't want to get a vet involved. I'll just do it myself. My technician was stunned as the phone conversation ended, and we caught her whispering to herself, But you called a vet office. I'm Dr. Nathan, and today we're going to talk about an article I recently read, Where Have All the Horse Vets Gone? While my tech couldn't understand what was going on, I could. The client had already in their mind diagnosed the problem and had a treatment planned out. They just needed us to give them the drugs they wanted. Well, so when answering the question, where have all the horse vets gone, I said to myself and my technician, well, no one wants us. Only 5.8% of veterinary students choose to pursue a career in equine practice. Only 11.2% of those stay in the profession past 15 years. I think those numbers are a little higher because I have a feeling this is equine-specific practices they are talking about, but maybe not. Only about 4.2% of veterinarians are in mixed animal practices, so that doesn't really help our odds. The article, which was featured in The Horse, also talks about how much money is required to support a new equine vet. I have to say, I'm not able to offer those salaries to anyone coming out of school. So it's going to be hard for me to get an equine vet in my area. The article has a lot of interesting statistics and looks at various aspects of why there is a problem. One of the solutions they put forth is giving horse doctors higher salaries. When people want to treat their animal without getting the vet involved, I'm not sure how that is possible. I'm getting frustrated as a veterinarian that many of the solutions our industry is coming up with to this problem involves practice owners shelling out more money to new graduates. As an owner, I want to and try to be fair to my employees. One of my biggest frustrations as a small business owner is not being able to pay my staff or myself what we are worth for the services we are providing. Listen to my podcast episode, To Vet School or Not, for some of the numbers clinics are dealing with. But I was recently looking at adding health insurance for my staff. I didn't have enough staff that needed health insurance to add it for the ones that did. I want to raise my staff's hourly rate, but I can't raise ones and not the others when I'm looking in broad strokes like this. Sure, I give pay raises based on merit, but in this conversation is for everyone. That includes myself. To raise for everyone is not feasible unless I can bring in more money. And guess what? Most people aren't wanting to spend more money. There are two primary ways to make money in my mind, quantity and quality. With quantity, you have low prices and get as many people through the doors as possible. With quality, you have high prices and spend lots of time on individual animals. In reality, most clinics work with a mix of these two, but this is a fight with clients. If you practice the quality, you have to have the prices to reflect the time you are sitting and talking with the client. 
We have so many clients that just want to sit and talk. Well, I can't do that. Sure, I have my schedule that gives me time to explain diseases to clients, but I can't sit and talk about their days. But that's what they want. They just don't want to pay for it. I have always tried to keep my drug costs low so people can afford to treat their animals. So by doing that, I need to push a few more people through the doors for exam fees to cover that gap. So I'm not usually one to sit and talk about where I live and who my wife is and how my client's grandchildren are doing. And think about that for the above situation. If I get my drug prices low so everyone can afford to do the treatments and they just call for the treatments wanting the drugs without exams, where do I get the money for my staff? I need clients willing to pay for my expertise. I need clients who realize if I keep my exam prices lower, I need to see more exams, which necessitates that I'm not in the truck on farm calls all day. I need clients willing to accept that they may have to haul their horse to the clinic. They don't get the vet's personal cell number and are willing to pay for services. Then, based on the income generated, a vet and staff can be fairly paid. It's getting a little old to suggest clinic owners need to offer more benefits and compensation to vets instead of getting clients willing to use a vet. The article says, as we've described throughout this article, sustainability is a key word in the multifaceted solution to the current crisis. Sustainable salaries, work hours, emergency coverage duties, and boundaries are the changes needed to keep veterinarians in equine practice long term. I agree with this and I don't. I've seen many practices take advantage of younger vets and not offer a fair job and overwork them because it's all about the money. But everything in that summarized goal can't be done without the clients. And it seems it's the practice owner's responsibility to accomplish these goals. That has been what I've been doing in my practice and it isn't sustainable to hire more vets for equine work because my equine work has decreased when I make those boundaries. I've had a colleague tell me this is growing pains and I hope it is and in a few years we will be seeing more horses. But when I do what's recommended in the profession as a business owner I'm not going to hire more horse veterinary help if the clients aren't following. So my question I keep asking, do clients want veterinarians or do they want their friend down the street to give them some free advice? I'm Dr. Nathan. Thanks for listening. I hope our discussions are valuable to you and aid in giving perspective. If you want to contact us, please reach out to theveterinarypodcast at gmail.com. You can find a complete list of the podcast episodes on SoundCloud. If you find this information helpful and want more content, please join our Patreon, patreon.com slash theveterinarypodcast. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash theveterinarypodcast. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope this information is helpful to you. If you do find it helpful, please like it, share it, so other people may find it helpful as well.